the intro song. We're singing along, drinking beer, and talking about politics. Uh, Henry and Hops, politics and beer. Adventures and thoughts for your ear holes to hear. So let's have a brew, maybe just three or two, perchance discover new shit that we never knew. So come along. That's the end of our song. Yeah. Oh, that actually is the end of... That's it. Uh, we just talk culture and shit. Yeah, but you know, it would start over because you weren't close enough to the mic. I moved it closer for you. Uh, four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth unto this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty, and dedicated to the preposition that all men are created equal. That was good. We're ready. You good? Let's do it. Yep, yep, let's do it. All right, sweet. Juicebox, how's it going, buddy? It's going well. Uh, so we're about to start off on uh, part two of the presidential campaign episode. Um, there yes. is a part two. Shocker. We weren't um, sure, but there is. <laughs> but uh, I wanted, we, there's just a few things we wanted to go over because this episode was recorded a couple months ago and there's new stuff going on with Henry and Hops right now. So uh, we just wanted to update you on what our current situation is. And uh, also talk about uh, a missing podcast that we lost somewhere in the midst. The Great Lost Podcast. You'll never know what it is in, until we tell you in a couple <laughs> minutes. So should we start with uh, the uh, the news, uh, the general news about Henry and Hops, or should we start with the uh, the missing podcast? What do you think? Well, I think news. It sounds so suspenseful now that you said it that way. Yeah, I guess. Okay, so big news, guys. Uh, the first big news, which will happen no matter what. Uh, the results of the next week are is that we're going to be making a new website um it'll still be henryandhops.com so you won't have to try to find us somewhere else on the web uh, but it will no longer be a tumblr based uh blog um we'll, we'll yes. have some of official designs and uh make it look real professional and have hosting on the website and um i don't know any yeah, thoughts you have up. on that hunter basically <laughs> yeah. yeah um <laughs> Um, actually, I just, <laughs> this kind of comes down to the fact that that's one of the main things, um, for the next big news, right? That's a prerequisite. Right. So, that's right, all I, I think I we, I, yeah, well, I think, I think also just to say that we're going to make a, a concerted effort to update and, uh, uh, mm. use the website more often to communicate with our listeners and talk about uh, cultural topics that we can't address immediately on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's important. And the new format will just make that more uh, – uh, make it easier for us, but it also will be motivating because we'll be paying for it, and so we should really uh, utilize it. <laughs> right, right. You know Not like I mean? we're not already paying for some of this, but yes, yes. Well, certainly. yeah, but it's like, oh, <laughs> shit, we gotta got to get some fresh, uh, fresh hot content up there. It's just burning, just burning a hole in the internet right now. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah I'm excited. So, I'm excited. Go ahead. Sorry. So you want to introduce why we're getting the website? Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, Juicebox here has been great, kind of doing a lot of the back end research and trying to figure out what it takes to achieve that kind of basic level of legitimacy in the podcast world, which is of course being on iTunes. And I think that I can speak for myself and say that I'm not sure if I've ever actually got into a podcast having found it somewhere else besides iTunes. It's organically, maybe a recommendation here or there, but then I've, I'm always rooting back to iTunes. So 
we want to, you know, step up our game a little bit, be considered one of the big boys, um, and uh, actually be able for you guys to download through the podcast app, which would be lovely. Yeah, and take it elsewhere so you can download it when you're not on your computer. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, yeah. Just, it's the logical step, right? It's pretty... makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and Hopefully we want to find a way us. to... Re- Oh, I yeah, exactly. And one of the big requirements for that is having a uh, personalized website where you host, which is why we're going to create a website. Um, but that, but all of that being said, that process may take a week or two. So in the meantime, we will be putting out content, but we may not be putting out uh, weekly episodes until we get a confirmation on what's going on with iTunes. Um, just because you know Hunter and I are both living very busy lives and. We, we can't devote ourselves entirely to something that, uh, you know, has... We can't devote ourselves weekly to something that, uh, that isn't legitimized enough to reach uh, a larger audience. That's or it. any audience. Not, yeah. not that we don't appreciate whoever's listening to this, because obviously we appreciate a- every listener we have. We just don't know how many there are right now. Do you think my mom's the- listening? I hope Maybe. so. Hi, Wenda. Hi, Hi, Mom. Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> Love you. That's I Paul, great. in case you're listening too. <laughs> yeah, he should listen. He would dig this. My, my mom's dad. probably listening. Hi, Karen. <laughs> Hi, Karen. Karen Schwartz. Hello. Uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, that's great. Really, yeah. I just, I just, I just, uh, I just do this so I can shoot the shit with you and drink good beers and tell my parents <laughs> that I'm a big deal. You know. <laughs> and we are going to be big deals either way. We, no matter what happens with iTunes, we will be a big deal. Oh, yeah, dude. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I just I love drinking good beer, talking about politics and uh, culture and shit, you know, like the song says. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, if uh, if I, I mean, I think we've said this before, but just to reiterate, if there are any musicians out there who are interested in recording music for Henry and Hops, like a theme song or new story time thing or something, please submit them. We'll put them up. Even if they're like, like you bad. made them on wave. Yeah, even <laughs> if they're bad, we'll put them on, because uh, yeah, because we 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 just want to use some of your content just to have it out there. So like, submit whatever you got, just put it out there. What about what about if I um, submitted some of my freestyle raps? Would that be cool? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's already close to a freestyle rap. I I can't say <laughs> that we would disapprove of any genre of music. Uh, <laughs> you can submit instrumental tracks as long as they mention maybe you yell henry and hops at the end of a you know a dj drop good sounds great or or it could just be like the um the sonic ode to henry and hops you know like uh what was it uh beethoven Mo- no mozart's like right the planets right wait what are you talking i holst the planets the planets who did the, po- the pulsed holst holst yeah holst the plant the planet symphony right yeah, he did one for each planet, and uh, John Williams took a lot of the music from Star Wars. From uh, uh, oh, no kidding! Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't think I knew that. Wow. Go. Yeah, you can actually look up the tracks that he took it from. I think it's like mostly Mars and Neptune. I might be getting that wrong. Don't quote me on that. But I know that. But you can. John Williams says that he was heavily influenced and basically took a lot of the harmony lines from uh, planets. So yeah, well, cool little detail cool. there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. So wow. so let's uh, let's really quickly uh, just 
we're gonna get to the presidential campaign episode that'll start like as soon as we're done with this but just really quickly we want to talk about this lost episode yeah that's right i was thought there's something else we were going to talk about yeah um, it was so, it sh- it would have aired what already theoretically right yeah it would have aired right before this last episode right before the presidential campaign first episode um, right it was a mini uh, it was a long mini but it was a mini um, and it was basically uh, an immediate reaction that Hunter and I felt we had to record to Kendrick Lamar's latest album. Uh, mm, to Pimp a Butterfly. W- right, because we felt we had so many emotions about uh, the release, and uh, I think it was it released a couple days earlier than it was supposed to, maybe a week. I can't remember at this point. It's like a couple <laughs> days, yeah, and they yeah. got pissed at the label, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and uh, and we were discussing, you know, because we had talked about the lead up to that release, we had we had discussed. Um, uh, sorry, was uh, it was the, it was just me. We discussed what? the singles leading like uh, Black of the Berry, and I was gonna say I I I yeah I for for some reason I couldn't remember what that song. I just keep it like I love myself. That's not the name of the song though, because yeah. there's I you and then. Yeah. Yeah, because there's well, the you're... other one, you, on the album, you know, which is like the, 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 lack of confidence, the the um, uh, insecurity yeah. track. Yeah, loving you is complicated. That one, right? Yeah, yeah. Loving you is complicated. Loving you is complicated. You know what's funny about that about that album? Um, I remember you posted on Facebook right when it dropped about how initially you're like one of the least favorite songs was. Um, not for sale or for free question mark interlude right yeah yeah and i felt the same way but then you said how you listened to more you're like really you got more into it right yeah well i just thought at first i thought it was kind of silly especially like the especially that chorus but i don't know the more that i listened to it it just seemed like it was like it was it was like spoken word poetry if you if you view it It as like slam poetry it oh absolutely dude just like n-i-g-u-s at the yeah. end of I. Yeah. Which is almost not even a song on, on the actual album. Uh, not that it, it, it's there, but you, you kind of have to listen to the single version to understand what he's doing on the album with it. Oh, totally. I mean, it's like, and I think we talk about this in the podcast, but it's, it's him performing it when it already was a hit, right? Or that's like right. the, the, con- the, the concept, basically, of, right. of the structure. And and in commenting on the 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 reactions to the song and also how the song has affected him and his position in the rap community. Yeah, well, community. I think it was in the in the in the song on the album, right? So, a fight breaks out like in the audience. Essentially, is that how you took mm-hmm. it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, "Not on my time, bro. Not on my time." And it's the whole thing is like that happening during that song is like so ironic right because it's the exact <laughs> opposite it's like exactly what he's rallying against in that song um yeah it's a celebration yep. of life and and happiness and and rising against the interfighting which is i think a huge theme in that album is like he mentions it so many times and this has gotten some critiques uh when it got blogged about and people n- not everyone really liked this whole theory and i mean i'm middle class white guy i can't really comment on this in my own opinion but i will at least bring it to um into the discussion, which was like, he's like talking about how the Bloods and the Crips are just like some ancient African like tri- tribes fighting, and it's all bullshit. And 
all the infighting is ultimately doing way more damage than any progress is making, right? And and the yeah. whole like um and how a lot of uh or part of the solution to the the racist nature, not even racism, but um the condition of African Americans in America. Let's just like get hella condescending and academic about it. Um not an insignificant amount of it has to do with like self-worth and self-view. And that's not discounting the um, just utter just forever of, of oppression. But it, it kind of it's and it's funny, actually, and I, I'm going down like taboo territory here and I'll back up in a second. But there's actually this is a new um, this is a new thing that like is and I was reading this one like. A black blogger for HuffPo, and it's like it's a very disturbing trend. Like it's called the it's called the new black, and it's all based around um, what Pharrell said in an interview with Oprah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you heard of this? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, what does he say? He's like, we don't blame our history, like, and just as if almost, if almost like if black people just decided to have a positive image, then like everything would be. Everything would just be I, fine. Well, I, w- I will say that I think that um, Kendrick's uh, view on this situation is a bit more nuanced than what Pharrell said oh, and, and that absolutely. whole position. And that's why uh, I don't even and, know why I brought and, that up. Yeah. Well, and he keeps coming back to this word respect. Like, that's how he defined it. And he was talking about this, I remember, post uh, Michael Brown and people like Azalea Banks were freaking out at him for saying that black people need to have more respect for each other. Because um, yeah. he was, it was, it's not just self worth. He's saying that you have to respect the guy next to you. You have to respect the other people in your community before other people will respect them. Because a lot of what he's yeah. saying, like the beef between the Bloods and Crips is viewing that like another guy in your same social situation is somehow worse than you. As, Correct. As exactly. No, no, I totally, you're right. Yeah. You're right, you're right. You're um, absolutely right. Yeah, which, which once again, I think in, in our position in society, we can't really say like whether, how accurate that is. But we can say that that it certainly resonates and and it's relevant to the uh, uh, social situation uh, unfolding across America right now in a way that most hip hop music isn't these days. A lot of it's like dance tracks and you know self loathing uh, celebrities at this point. Hmm. Yeah, you are absolutely right. Um. Damn. Um, well, that's that's a good point. Yeah, I just thought it was funny, and I was like, kind of, I missed that whole like new thing with with Pharrell and that whole interview and stuff. And but I think you're right. I think that Kendrick has a much more like um, historically informed viewpoint about it all, much more than I do. That's for sure. Yeah, um, and and it's not that I I love Pharrell as a producer and a musician, but he has said some dumb things. No offense mm. to him. Like he said this mm. thing about um, atheists not know like being super arrogant for thinking Who? that they know athe- atheists or agnostics in general are I, and I understand what he means about the, uh, that there is an arrogance in the, like people talk about like in, like Bill Maher being arrogant and I get that entirely um, I think he's beyond yeah, arrogant. but but, I but then think when that's you, his shtick though yeah but then when you talk about like Pharrell was just saying that all atheists and agnostics are sort of arrogant because how could you be convinced that you know something that much but then I would say like how how isn't that exactly what you're saying in your belief yes like, anyway I don't want to get no, into no, that discussion great. no that's hilarious <laughs> but, though no dude atheists are just like 
It was probably not a dude with a big old hand moving shit around that created us. I, I'm joking, mostly, but it's like, I think if you're a self-proclaimed Christian, that is presuming a lot more than atheism. Atheism leaves the door open for any kind of, any kind of origin tale. Atheism is not like evolutionism, necessarily. You know what I mean? Or even right. like... It's, it's not that you're convinced science. of one theory other than Christianity. You're not like... There's not a scientific theory that you go, that's what I believe. You open to other theories, theoretically. theoretically. Yeah, and there's I'm no way that science that. could ever prove the concept of a god, so that's kind of like, good luck with that one, you know? Yeah. Actually, I had a, I had a uh, science teacher one time who said that uh, scientists in general have trouble proving anything. All you can do is prove that other things are less likely to be true. Yeah, proof like the negative proof, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There are like there are a couple laws that you can actually prove, but everything else is kind of circumstantial. That's funny because I had a physics teacher that not in my class, but in another class, attempted to prove through physics and mathematics that Jesus did in fact ascend against gravity to heaven. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, let me tell you this. He did it in class, and this was a former NASA guy. NASA. NASA. Wow. In Alabama. What, did it seem successful? Were people moved? No, they all just made fun of it. Oh. <laughs> like, I would love to have heard a, the rest of it, at least. It was AP level. <laughs> AP level um, this guy was like a genius, but he also was very religious, which I think mm. made him a worse physicist at least for him i'm not saying that you can't be a genius and be a genius physicist and not be religious but like for him clearly the religion he like felt compelled to then prove that like humans can uh defy gravity essentially <laughs> using physics like if you're gonna use the scripture okay you know but right. you can't use you can't use physics <laughs> Anyhow, well, it's kind I, of I, like people who try to find out how Jesus walked on water. Like, they, they prophesize that the Dead Sea could have had an ice strand that day. There's, like, a certain ah. physical situation. And it's like, yeah, that could have happened, or it could have just been a story, or it could have been a miracle. Like, like there's a billion scenarios where... Or yes, a metaphor, that, yeah. Right, exactly. It's, it's like you don't have to prove it to make it viable as a story. Um, or what about, anyway. like, okay, then you're like, all right, well, show me the science between how we turn fucking water into wine without waiting and adding yeast. Or, or like, was resurrected from the dead. Just well, that's what, you know, I don't know about the resurrection, but the ascension, the prof was totally trying to, like, just, it was crazy, man. And I heard that, I was like, this is ridiculous. But I guess that's, you know, admirable to try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I and I and Ooh. I don't think we should. Well, I don't think either of us are uh, dissing on anyone's beliefs because I I think all beliefs are valid as long as they don't invalidate somebody else's. Correctly, unless you're wrong. Just kidding. <laughs> Let's just leave that. Okay, so last thing from that lost episode because this is going over now and we're gonna have like an we still got like a forty five minute to an hour podcast after this. Um, all right. But just real quick, the other thing we lost in that Kendrick episode, which was crucial, uh, was that was also the day that uh, Pliny appeared in California, correct? Younger, younger. Yeah, 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 of course. Well, the not one that's necessarily... Imp- oh, sorry. Well, it, yeah. didn't, it didn't appear then. It was about a week in. But, um, 
Yeah, it was when I got my hands on some Pliny the Younger of 2015. And, you know, I, like I told Juicebox at the time, I try to do it once every year. And, you know, it's kind of considered like the most coveted beer in America amongst beer geeks right now. Because it is only made for, what, like three weeks? And typically bars get one keg and that's kind of it. Uh, and and IPAs, as we've discussed, are kind of dominating the craft beer market. So I think there's a reverence for IPAs above all else in American craft beer right now. Yeah, and certainly like triple IPAs are like the kind of the epitome or like the top of that. But what's really funny about that is that it's made by Russian River. And they make basically three IPAs and that's it, including... Uh, younger, which they only make for like again three weeks, right? So the vast majority of Russian Rivers seasonal as well as like standby available outside of the brewery lineup are all Belgian styles. Mm. So, you know, and it's yeah. so funny because they're they're famous for Belgians, funky like sours and Bretts, Brett Brett Bretamices, and uh, just tons of good Belgians and like two hoppy beers, two IPAs. Well, they're very well-researched, and they're good at what they do. I, I can't really complain about any of those things. Those are all beers I love. Uh, oh, and that's kind of the brewery that I would want to run, too. And the guy, the head owner, or he- owner and head brewer, Vinny, is he's a pioneer. I mean, every time that I'm brewing a beer and I, like, forget how to make a good beer because I never brew, I only brew beer, like, once every six months, which is horrible. Um, I, you know, I do a little cursory, like, basic recipe Cause I always like make up my own recipes, but I want to like have some shit to base it off of. And I look up like IPAs and this is that. And inevitably I'm always brought back to this, uh, article in a PDF format that was written by Vinny. It's like Caruso or something. It's his last name. Um, basically it's called like, it's, it's essentially an article about brewing IPAs, but it's called like, have you reached your lupulin threshold? And I'm never sure how to pronounce that word, but loop, loop it, lupulins, right, is the, is the bitterness. Yeah, the oil, like right? The hop. Lupulin, lupulin, no, it's lupulin threshold shift. Yes, and it's from, it's from the homebrewersassociation.org, and it's called Brew a Double IPA. Um, and it's, it's amazing. It's written by the, the, um, the owner of... of uh, of Russian River, and it's kind of basically about brewing a Pliny, a clone, a Pliny clone. Well, let's definitely put that up on the uh, blog. I will. It's been my guide for many a beer. Yeah. Um, is there anything you wanted to say particularly about, I mean, obviously the, you said a lot on that podcast that we lost, but like just for now, is there anything you want to say about your experience that you had drinking that beer? Yeah, like it's overrated. And that is only because it's, it's, it's certainly one of the best beers that I've ever had consistently, but mm-hmm. I like, I'm lazy and I don't wait in line and I waited in line for 45 minutes to get two six ounce pours. And like, that's a very extreme for me. And that's like the minimum people wait hours upon hours outside the brewery. They all camp out practically like five hours, six hours before they open the doors. And I say it's overrated because nothing's worth that. 
No, right. no beer is worth that. The best beer even, in the world. Even if it is the best beer in the world, it's there are other beers that are almost the best beer in the world that you can get at a store. You can just walk in and buy it. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm at this point where it's like, it seems to me like it's more of like a br- the bragging rights, right? It's more just like... To say you did this it. Beer, you're this beer geek and you're like, oh yeah, I got Pliny and I checked in on Untapped. And to be sure, like I'm hypocritical because I probably did check in on Untapped when I <laughs> was was drinking it. But I kind of what I like about it, and the reason I like try to seek it out once a year when it happens, is because it's it's different every year, and yeah. I really like that. I like that it's kind of just like same basic structure, but in terms of the exact composition of the recipe, could be could be anything. And I love to kind of taste that evolution as someone who brews beer and loves IPAs. Like, it's just wonderful. It's but, genuine and unique, but also overrated. Yeah, but 45 minutes is like, for a little baby beer, ugh. Luckily, Gabe, <laughs> our buddy Gabe, shout out to Gabe for meeting me there. Like, he, he like, luckily I had someone to drink with. And he went back to work. Homie is, uh, is hardcore. Hopped on his bike, biked out real quick the Tornado, biked back, all right. Good to go. Very impressive. Gabe, you're yeah. amazing. Yeah, we really don't know how you do it. Like, I really don't. Also, your, why is your phone off today? I was going to invite you over for dinner. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> I, we've gone way over. Um, enjoy yep. the presidential campaign episode. Uh, I just want to say real quick, for anyone who's in Allentown right now, that trapdoor place that I went to, they have Heady Topper right now. Go get it because you won't be able to get it for long. Not That's on it. draft. No, not on draft, but they have cans, which is unusual altogether. How much? I don't know. I don't know how many. I've just seen pictures. Go now. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen pictures of people drinking it at the place. That's so. insane, dude. My dad has a can waiting for me in, my fr- in his fridge back in Maine, and I feel horrible because I'm not going to get back to Maine for a couple months. You should just drink it now. It's going to be not that great in a couple months. <laughs> well, anyway, I was impressed that they had it at all, so... That's insane. No, in in PA, that's crazy. They had it in Philly for like one night too. Right. Well, in Allentown specifically. So if you're in Allentown, even crazier. Go by. Yeah. Damn. All right. Enjoy the episode. Bye, guys. Yeah. Cheers. Welcome back, sports fans. Now, as you all know, baseball season is back, and it is back here with a vengeance. And like most of you, I am sick and tired of drinking these ridiculously heavy, making me sleepy so-called light beers. When I'm drinking a beer at a baseball stadium, I want to keep my energy so I can fight those Dodger fans, yell like it's nobody's business, and get up and fucking jump around like I'm a fucking tween. So, brilliant brewers over at Cat Squid Face got together, did a lot of research, and came up with a perfect solution. It is a sports beer for the 21st century. Welcome to baseball water. We have the best of beer, alcohol, with the best of a hydrating sports drink, water and electrolytes. We've taken together water, H2O, Agua, carbon dioxide, and a little thing called ethanol to create baseball water. Super light to keep you going and belligerent. Nine plus innings. Check it out now, catsgridface.com and at your favorite local retailers. Can we pop this bitch on? Let's do this. 
Are we opening the beers first? Yeah. Right, that's how we'll start the podcast. Three. I gotta take my lady one. Two. Two. One. one. Oh. Yours was much more commanding than mine. I don't know. I think it was a little far away from the mic. I, th- I think. I think it was because of the foil. Oh, yeah. the foil will spoil you. Or the no, no, no. Rather, the foil will foil you sometimes. So the guy at the store. Hold on. Let me tell. T- hey, everyone. Welcome to Henry and Hops. Yeah. But keep going with your story. Uh, so the guy at the store told me that this beer, which I'm drinking, called Encourageable, which is a white sour ale, was kind of sour, but maybe didn't live up to quite the reputation that most sours have. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested in how it's going to taste because it was $7 for this rather large bottle. It's a, you know, 25-ouncer, and that's you get unusual. It? Uh, city city swiggers in the city. Okay, nice. But I'm yeah. just saying that's an unusually low price for sours in general because sours tend to be a little like on the high range. Like sometimes, like sometimes, like uh, six or seven for even like a a twelve ounce. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how does it taste? Give me the first I'm initial. Find out. Do it. Take the plunge. Let's see. I I believe. Well, in I think you. it's really good. Yeah. It's not very fruity. It's it's quite dry actually, but I mean it's 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 definitely a sour. It tastes like um, kind of like a Chardonnay almost or something. Mmm, mmm. I'm not a big wine guy, but just the way you but said you, that, you, you can understand what I mean though. Sort of like that yeah. dry white grape taste. Of course, I know exactly what you mean. Because I feel like all sours kind of evoke like a fruity aftertaste of sorts, and it just depends on like is it raspberry or is it sort of like. A, even some of them like are are, are more herbal, um, herbalicious. Hey, well, what's the brewery? New Holland Brewery. From, oh yeah, that's um, right. Michigan. Holland, Michigan. Yeah. yeah, they're great. They got like the weird like little hat guy, right? Like the Mad Hatter is their logo, something like that. Yeah, I fully recommend this if you can get your hands on it. Part of the Cellar series. So you said it was pretty cheap too, right? What'd you pay for yeah, it? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It was seven dollars for a twenty-five ounce, and definitely worth it for a, if you're interested in sours. Mm. That's pretty, like I said, pretty cheap. For 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 New York City prices, for yeah. a sour. I shouldn't say for general. If you were like, I feel like in San Fran, you might be able to get it for like five or six. In Michigan, probably like four. You know. Anyhow, uh, so I didn't tell you what beer I'm drinking. Yeah, talk about that. Not whatever we were talking about before that we had to cut out. <laughs> <laughs> You're being fucking obvious, homie. Um, so well, Nobody will know. Nobody will know. Right. Well, so this year I really wanted to come, come back. I was at so I went to the beer store after work today. I'm a little scooter, and this is a really good beer. So I almost took a photo for you, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, they had everything, dude. They're getting victory out here now. It's great. So I almost got the Dirt Wolf IPA. Which have you ever had that yet? Yeah, of course I've had that. But it's I'm amazing. I'm like from near Philly, so like that seems mm-hmm. like an obvious choice to me. Yeah, yeah, but I thought it would have been nice to get just because I haven't had it in a long time, and they have it in the East Coast. But I decided to go for something a little more seasonal, because that's year-round now, and local. Um, so I went for the Hoptimum by Sierra Nevada, and it has one of the perhaps the best labels of any beer I've ever ha- uh, had. And it's like a, um, a portrait, essentially, a, a drawn portrait of a stately gentleman from the 1700s 1800s with like a, you know, like a, a, a white... Uh, bow tie, but it's like a loose bow tie before they had traditional bow ties and like a big ass white collar. Like, except it's not a head, it's just a giant hop cone. So, it, it's just a <laughs> hop man. Well, definitely have to post a picture of that. That yeah. sounds awesome. Yeah. I think I, I think on that topic, I think the best uh, beer label I've ever seen is that one. 
I think it was for some like beer with honey in it, and it was it, it was gold on the front. I'll I'll post a picture. I'll find some somewhere, and it has like gold foil in the in the label, and it, it really shines through. Like, I wish people would put more ridiculous things in labels. Mm. As long as it doesn't increase the price of the beer, of course. Keep it low. Yeah. Guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, so the beer I'm drinking again, Optimum. It's an Imperial IPA, and the whole the whole jam about this one is is it's it's you know. Seasonal only comes out in the, the springtime, and it is whole cone dry hopped. And I mean that's 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 Sierra Nevada's whole thing, right? They like always yeah, use it whole cone sexy. hops. But the thing about it, I mean, I hate to say this, it sounds a little, a little heretic, heretical, but mm. whole cone I hops, I don't think are necessarily. I mean, obviously that's the ideal, but they're not talking about fresh, right? Because it's springtime. You haven't been able to harvest hops since what october so they're all dried whole cones versus versus pellet right so basically right, right. is the alternative um or oil in some extent but like we talked about in previous episodes but um i think that it's it's usually pellet fresh hops or frozen dried not not, not it, yeah yeah refrigerated dry yeah yeah yeah, and I, I've bought, I have, I think I actually have an ounce of whole cone hops in the fridge right now. And it's cool, but I don't think it's necessarily better per se if they're not fresh. Yeah, but it right? depends. Yeah, but it depends. Like, I don't know what Sierra Nevada's uh, distributing, brewing, like where, where they get their products from. I don't, I don't know what their, um, like if, they, if those are their hops, maybe it does make sense. You know what I mean? Well, and also maybe we're totally wrong, and you can grow hops in multiple seasons. Well, if they have like greenhouses, the Northwest, and, or, or maybe they're importing them from someplace. That's the other possibility. But is New it? Like, does it say? Does yeah, of course. But does it say what where the hops are from? Does it say anything on the bottle? Holy shit! To... Also, it's a hundred IBU. Ugh, taste it. Oof, that sounds extreme. It is. It actually is very extreme. That's kind of where that's kind of where it hits the limit of IBU, unless it's like a triple IPA and it has that sort of alcohol content to cut through that. Well, with well the it sugar. is. It is basically, but they don't balance it. That requires a lot of like on the malt side, you know. Yeah, but what's the alcohol percentage? It has to be like eleven or above with that kind of. Uh, no, IBU. it's not. It's not that. It's lower. Yeah, what I'm saying is like for me, hundred IBU is like the breaking point. Like the only ones that really exist up there that I think are good are like Devil Dancer, hundred and twenty minute IPA. Like those are officially above hundred IBUs, but they taste more like a a liquor or a wine because of how much is in them. So the the hops are more of like an aftertaste on that on that sugary liquor taste. Right. Well, Whereas, this is it's close, dude, but it's not up there like that. Yeah, it's not quite. It's not quite there. Whereas I feel like that's more like. Like I, I said that I think when I reviewed a thousand IBUs that that uh McKe- is it McKellar who made that beer? Uh no, it was probably probably Evil Twin. A thousand IBU. Right. I'm gonna look this up. I'm gonna, Me too. I'm gonna do a little research right now. Me too. <laughs> Sorry guys. Uh, computer time. Yeah. Computer time. Sometimes we just gotta look at computers. Wait, now it was. Uh, it's go- McKellar. It's McKellar. So yeah, I was right. I was correct the first time. So yeah, McKellar brewed a thousand IBU uh, beer, and I and I still say that doesn't taste ne- uh, quite as hoppy as Torpedo, even maybe. Like, no, shut points. up. I've I'm had it too, man. I was I've had just, it. I was just kidding on that one. Obviously, mm. it's obviously more more 
hotbeat than torpedo. But I'm just saying that like the hundred IBUs is kind of breaking point. And if you have a an IPA or a pale ale, why would you have a pale ale that's past that? But you might. No, you could. No, no, no. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. It would be an IPA. Because, like, what would is... It, what, if, what if you made, like, a triple pale ale? Could you do that? Or is it automatically, like, an IPA? This is a question I'm... No, you about. could do that, but you would have to go heavy on... It, I mean, think about it, right? Like, think what's the perfect IPA? Probably Sierra Nevada or some other ones. But, like, that one's even a little hoppier than a traditional pale ale. But pale ales have hops, but they're, traditionally they're, like, you know, crisp without being boring or light they're like nice there's a good balance between the malt which is a pale malt right because it's a pale ale pale malt and the the somewhat subdued hop content so in theory you could absolutely make an imperial pale ale uh just by uh you know but you'd have to incre- increase it proportionally i'm right. saying and exactly if you got to a point where like you were at like a 14 or 15% beer, you might be able to justify the abuse. I was making a, certainly a, a large No, but it's interesting, there, though. And I don't know if that's like a classification but issue. But Imperial Pale know. Ale, though, that's an interesting thing, though, because you could do it. I mean, now that I'm, now I'm just thinking about that, right? Because you would, you would just basically, <laughs> yeah, you would triple the malt bill. You would probably have to add more yeast, or you could just like go stupid. And slightly more hops to cut to cut yeah. what you're doing with to balance the, with it out malt. i mean i would say yeah. it's probably largely linear in terms of your relationship between hops and malt so you'd probably be good to go if you just added proportionally more hops to whatever you were doing yeah but anyhow all right sorry we're totally off topic we're off, yeah this is really off topic now to our topic of the day i guess uh presidential candidates or should we or do we have other things because i have other things we could talk about at the end but i feel like that's that's i want to get to the meat and potatoes in. first and then uh than just desserts. As I'm sure you've heard by now, Rick Hatford is running for re-election. He says he's trying to make America better. He says he'll save the taxpayers millions of dollars. But did you know he's also an avid back scratcher? Hatford was recently quoted as saying, my back itches all the time, doesn't yours? Hatford has also promised to fix our broken educational system. But did you know that he owns at least two cats, a dog, and a small lizard named Harry? He's been overheard saying on multiple occasions that they mostly hang out in his garage. And it's time we start asking the real questions. Like, when are you planning on taking your vacation this year? Did you know that Rick has taken only one vacation the last three years, even though he has the option of up to three months? Why not use all of it? Well, Rick, looks like you have a lot to own up to. This ad was paid for and approved by the campaign to elect Jacob Winston. As always, Jacob refuses to resort to running negative attack ads. He would like to add that he thinks Hatford is a, quote, nice guy and wouldn't mind if he gets reelected. Um, right now, we're going to talk presidential candidates. Yeah, so we where we're kind of give me. Well, a, we should. I think we should say it's it like at this point it's uh you know late April. Uh, the podcasts have just start coming out for real, so like we're we're at a certain point in the race, and and by the time this is released, things may change. But this is our analysis at the moment. Maybe we'll be right. Maybe we'll be wrong. History will. Yeah, you know, that's kind of tell. cool because this is not going to be released for like a couple weeks, so we will uh, be able to reflect upon our um well no we're not gonna know shit in a couple weeks never mind fuck that um yeah. anyhow so where yeah. were we last episode we talked about republicans we talked about rubio we talked about 
um, the a jab a little bit. We talked. Yeah, about... Yeah, we mentioned uh, Ted Cruz, of course, and of and co- I think yeah. we started talking about Rand Paul, but I think that's kind of where we ran short was on Rand Paul and Marco Rubio. Like we we kind of ended on Rubio. We didn't really talk about the sign issues we were going to talk about. I remember we we had brought sign? that up beforehand. Oh, just the that Marco Rubio's like sign, much like Hillary Clinton's sign. It's so funny how how we run so many articles on how the candidates are presenting themselves and not what they're actually presenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we there's there's been an article, uh, a series of articles uh, on both sides, uh, criticizing Hillary's symbol as being you know that arrow, as, as being like too simplistic or or childish or corporate, you know. Yeah. And then Ru- Rubio's sign got a uh, got a lot of tr- got in trouble with a lot of graphic designers for not being spaced out properly. Yeah, I don't care about like any of that. Was all... Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and, and it just seems point, so right? irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and compared to the real issues with these candidates, which I feel like is that, as as we've talked about before, most of them are beholden to corporate interests. I mean, all of them are beholden to corporate interests, but I'm saying, like, most of them Except are... Except... Are, are majority... Well, we can't can we talk t- about that yet. We're not there yet. No? Okay. No. I'm so We'll excited. come back to that. That's a teaser for later. Uh... Um, okay, so we're still on the Republican side. So... Uh, we're going to jump over to the Democratic side real quickly because we thought there wasn't going to be anything else to talk about, as we said before, with Hillary Clinton, but we'll get back to that. Well, anyway, we didn't even talk about With Hillary. Republicans. Or I the fact we, that there's nothing to talk her. about. I think we mentioned her. Well, yeah, she's, her. she's running, okay? She's running. Yeah, she's know? running, and she was, and I, and I think she was like basically running up unopposed, as we said last time, which is the whole idea. Right. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, we're talking about Republican candidates. Now, uh... I, I have to say that, like, of those candidates, I think the only one, of the ones who have announced so far, I think the only one who stands a chance in the general election is is Rubio, uh, but he's probably not going to be the candidate, as we've discussed. Because, do yeah. you think, yeah, and do you, I mean, uh, some people are saying that Rand Paul has a chance, but I, I really think that he, 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 there's two ways that, that he can go as a candidate. One is to become like his father, and I think that alienates a lot of people. And the other one is to become more corporate, and I think that alienates his base. You know? Yeah, um, so I think Rand Paul might be the most interesting candidate running in the Republican um, primaries. And I'll say that because of exactly the, the, the weird dichotomy of what you just said. And if you've seen what he's done so far, he's kind of split the difference and he's kind of talked back a lot of his stuff um, in it, when it comes to... I mean, there was that one thing, remember, that they held him they held him accountable for where he talked about how Russia and Iran were not threats, like, at all to the United States. And now yeah. the, the Republican uh, establishment or, you know, the, the challengers are like, well, you said that. He's like, well, you know, that was different. No, and actually, I think what he said, uh, maybe not that content, but another one was like, well, I wasn't running for president then. You remember that? Yeah. Well, that's yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's that's so transparent. It it actually blew my mind when he said that because well, it's kind of like the Mitt Romney. It. You don't fucking it's, say it. Yeah, it's like the Mitt Romney logic of uh, running as a candidate that when you're a candidate there are separate rules that apply to the way that you live your life and the way that you think about your life. I mean, like, we uh, all that, know we know it's that, true, but you don't talk about it, you know? First yeah. rule yeah, fight well, club, that, man. There's, there's that bit with Romney where he approached uh, one of his he found out that uh, some of his uh, gardening uh, lawn workers were illegal immigrants. And he like came up to one of the guys who ran the company and was like, "You can't be doing this to me. You have to know like I'm running for president right now." 
Yeah. Like, and, and that's the thing. Like, I'm running for president right now. Like, as if he weren't running for president, this would be fine. Like, it's not that big of a it deal. It was fine. But, like... Yeah, and that's and that's the thing is like the same thing with like Rand Paul. I feel like there's like a different. He's got to create a different persona for himself, and that's, and that and that's that's like the whole problem with the political game right now is it's all you know you have to be a fake to survive. Right, and that's why he's. I mean, I'm. I guess I'm giving him a backhanded compliment, but that's why he's not going to do well is just because he's. He can only fake so hard, and I think he, then he's gonna just be like, uh, "Fuck this." I uh, maybe well, not. It, no, he won't because money is money. But and winning but he is was, winning. But he was a real guy in the public eye for too long to to live that down at this point. Unlike you know Rubio or no, even Ted dude, Cruz doesn't have a history. Well, no, Ted Cruz has a history of way more crazy than anything Rand Paul can be accused of. Yeah, for sure, for certain. But I'm, I mean, um, uh, on a uh, on on a on a base level, like I feel like his biggest problem is appealing to uh, conservatives who aren't libertarians, like the the Christian right base of his party. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. And I mean, he, that's what's, and that's why that you're right. I mean, we we're talking in circles because you're right. I think we should table this just because Rand Paul is a little bit like his father, insofar as that he does believe in, you know, a very limited government and a limited. Uh, foreign policy and that's the biggest contention i think honestly or that's the biggest way that his viewpoint conflicts with the current republican establishment is he's like less military spending you know yeah well like, i think i think what? that's how he conflicts with the uh, voting populace but i think he also conflicts with the funding when he talks about like shutting down the fed or 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 supplying i mean i've talked about this a little bit on the last one but we i brought up the the, the that article that said his brother is saying that he philosophically is no different from his father. It's just about how he would implement those philosophies. But behind closed doors, his they're like brother. the same person. Yeah, his brother said that about he and his father. I don't know why his brother would be saying this stuff during the campaign. Who's his brother? What's his deal? What's he up to? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't do more research than that. I should probably have found out if he was like a vindictive, like, lost yeah. child. He's like the He's younger like, brother. He's just pissed Ron, off. Ron Paul's gay son or something. Yeah. <laughs> Probably going to have to cut that part out. <laughs> yeah, it's Ronnie Paul Jr. It's the junior game. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I found, yeah I why do you say gay? That's kind of, that's kind of homophobic. Oh, be, oh, because of his uh, thing in, um, uh, not Borat. What's the other one? Bruno. Where Bruno. Uh, Bruno Bruno has that scene with uh, Ron Paul where he gets really weirded I out. I never saw homophobic. it. Oh, it's like the only one of the few good scenes in the movie is where Ron Paul gets really homophobic and weirded out by Bruno's like actions in a room and uh, says some pretty, you know, he, 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 not that I've ever had doubts about his more conservative beliefs, but it certainly reinforced that it's not just libertarianism with mm. the way that he views things. Okay, so Rand Paul, it's going to be weird. It's going to be cool. I mean, I definitely see him tacking, tacking. I don't even know. It's not a it's not a linear thing like people say, but you know, tacking uh, more conventional, let's say. So, mm -hmm. I I, I mean, think and that I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised like Rubio if he ends up on an eventual ticket like as a VP uh, because he may yeah. like shore up a certain base for whoever the candidate ends. Yeah, up Yeah, but Rubio is the perfect VP. 
Like we talked about. He really is. He really is. <laughs> he well, is like... For, especially for Jeb Bush, who needs, like, Florida and if, if it no, is No, Jeb. Jeb doesn't need Florida. Jeb has Florida, obviously. Well, he has Florida. Yeah, no, I know, but I'm just saying, like, that would... He, he, if he has Florida, like, 75%, he'd have it 100% at that point. And then it's like, how, how many states does he really have to win? At, no, you know? but I honestly think that almost, like, Jeb Bush needs Rubio less than another... Uh, potential contender would would need Rubio, but quite frankly, I don't think I think Jeb's gonna win, and like we talked about, but I think Rubio would be second. Well, I mean, who are the other contenders? Like Christie. Yeah, Christie. That's run. it. That's it. Right. Yeah. And I feel it. like I've I've said this before. I think that I think Christie screwed himself more with the. Uh, less with the bridge scandal and more with the Dallas Cowboys scandal. No, no, the, that's stupid though, dude. I, it, this is stupid in two different ways because I feel as if uh, on one hand you say like the bridge scandal, we you can't really say anything definitive that he did but the whole thing reads as shady uh, just in terms of the history of how it tainted him as like a politician. On the yeah. other side, with, with the Dallas Cowboys scandal, we know that that happened. The bigger problem with it is not really that he's against his, uh, the you know the team that that most of his state roots for. So it's not really against what? his base. What the Eagles? Oh, the Eagles, the Giants. Uh, yeah, basically the Eagles and the Giants. There are yeah, some but Jersey even Redskins fans, team, dude, or Ravens fans. But yeah, Jersey wait, wait, doesn't wait, wait. have T.O. T.O. Did you see that um, the NFL quote unquote voluntarily revoked their nonprofit status? No, I didn't see that. Yeah. Well, they right? kind of had to because of their uh, payment structure, right? Well, not even. No, they just be. They've been constantly hammered with critiques and, you know, appeals and petitions to whoever. What I'm being ignorant right now, but like whatever arm arm of government, IRS, I guess, right? Decides yeah. if you're tax tax exempt because you're. Yeah. Uh, so they're like clearly they're not a fucking nonprofit. Yeah, and of course. They make so much money. Anyhow, can we get, get back to the topic here? Yeah, yeah. Well, I forgot oh, where I was hold going. Hold on a second. Hold on. Yes. Uh, what do we need? Like ten more minutes? Fifteen? Uh, yeah, like fifteen. Yeah. Fifteen, Sarah. Is that good? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Wait. What were we just talking about? How do we get into the NFL? Before we get back commercial break by the way this is like a commercial break opportunity right here blam go throw it in now we're during this All commercial right. break what were we talking about the nfl thing no uh, i mean i just brought that up just no but how did we get into the nfl because i remember like oh yeah baltimore okay so which because i said the ravens no oh, jersey they, i want to get back no but i want to get back uh, back to the dallas cowboy scandal this is what I was yeah, talking about. Yeah, that's where we were. Uh, yeah. My my the problem with that is is Chris Christie's association with Jerry Jones because Jerry Jones represents the corporate sponsorship of America. Like he's a big oil millionaire, and it doesn't reflect well on Christie as this like upstart Republican politician who's supposed to like be changing the political environment to be associated with a billionaire. Because if you want to be that candidate, you have to be Jeb Bush, basically. Is he a billionaire? He uh, he's a millionaire at least probably probably a billionaire. I mean, how much money do you have to have to own a an NFL team? I mean, he's he's very rich oil. Uh, uh, let's look, let's look it up. I'm gonna look it up right now. Jerry Jones net worth, and uh, let's let's start talking maybe uh, re- Democratic candidates because I don't know what else we could talk about with that. Because I don't know. Do can you think of anybody else in the Republican Party who might even run? 
I've heard rumblings, but I can't remember who. Jerry so. Jones is worth $4.2 billion. Okay. So there you go. Multi-millionaire. I, I, I would say to own an NFL team, you have to have over like $700 million in net worth. Like that's probably how much the team is worth alone. No, I think they're more like a couple hundred million. Maybe. Well, think about how much the Clippers sold for. And that's like, those are, that team. That was is, so funny. That was such a funny, weird thing. Yeah, but the, the NBA makes way less money than the NFL, and there's way more teams. So, like, the revenue for the Clippers has to be much, has to be... Are they a know, nonprofit? Far below. That's a good question. I think, you know, we need to re-examine a lot of our nonprofit uh, statuses, as, as evidenced by the Scientology documentary, as I brought well, up. Well, I finally I finished saying. that. Did, yeah. didn't, it, didn't the IRS blackmailing thing kind of freak you out about the, the way the yeah. media stories are sponsored by different interests? Uh, in the government well I don't actually I really don't remember that to be honest but um where they blackmailed the IRS and there was like that huge story all over CNN and MSNBC for like months it was there was court debates about these IRS scandals in South America with the prostitution and so on and so forth yeah yeah I remember that was them yeah and that was them that was them blackmailing them because they were trying to get away with getting tax exempt status. And they told the head of the IRS at the time, they were like, look, we're doing this because you won't give us tax exempt. But once you do it, it'll all go away. And he was like, thank God. Like, he just basically said, like, we, you, you got it. So, like, they gave him tax exempt status and that story went away. Wow. All right. Let's talk um, Democrats. Yeah, Democrats. I mean, right. obviously the big fish is Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Should we start with that, or should we jump to what's the, like recent developments? Well, what's kind of hard about the format that we're uh, engaging in is that it's not going to be recent, really, you know? That's true. Okay, Bernie Sanders is out there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Bernie Sanders declared, so today is the 29th. Yeah, the, re- Sa- the release of uh, new Henry and Hobbs, the beginning. Yeah, the beginning. Um, from January. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... He announced, well, he's going to announce actually tomorrow, officially. But Vermont Public Radio broke the story yesterday. And I could not be happier. Bernie Sanders, for those of you who don't know, is from Vermont. And he's awesome. And he was, uh, he's been in the Vermont legislature for, you know, I think it was like 16 years. And then he recently, not recently, it was like 10 years ago or something. um, Six years ago. Came into uh, Congress. So... He is kicking ass. He used to be a registered socialist, which is definitely going to ruffle a lot of feathers. Now he's an independent. Yeah, I was going to say, he's an independent, which is an even bigger issue in some way. So but he's running on the uh, Democratic ticket. Yeah, because he's so obviously aligned with their values, if he's aligned with anybody's values in Congress. Well, and he's just trying to start a conversation, and that's the whole point, you know? Yeah, that's well, a- he, he's like the only true liberal in the Democratic Party... Well, in the Democratic Party race, I should say, because he's not in the party. Dude, progressive. Is that what we're saying now? Is that what we're saying? Liberal, progressive. (laughs) No, there's a difference. I don't like the term liberal, and I know maybe that makes me like a nitpicker, but like, liberal is like, oh, you know, I like to plant trees, you know. But progressive Mm, is like, I I fight for the underdog. Well, I I feel as if liberal supports is like the idea of like a, a a welfare state or like the idea of like social net. Whereas, like, uh, a progressive supports whatever, like, the agenda is of the future, which can sometimes, you know, override the, the agenda of people who are, like, 
I guess, elders or, or the agenda of you think so? people really? who can't defend themselves, maybe. I don't know. It hasn't happened yet, but it's it's possible that at some point there could be, like, some sort of mass uprising against, like, old people. You never know if the resources get to such a state. You can't... Well, I'm just saying, like, the idea of progressive as a term... Um, that's not I think has I think could have negative connotations in the future as well. That's all. Yeah. Well, that's definitely not how I interpret it. And what I was going to say is that, like, just in general... It, I also it, think... I, I uh, just... Sorry. Uh, just to finish up that point, I feel like... Uh, word association like this is like kind of meaningless like i feel as if like the updating of these terms is just a way to avoid criticism what? of them you need to help all right i gotta go soon um yeah i was just saying that like the updating of these terms is just like a way to avoid the criticism of them which i don't think there should be like i don't think there's anything wrong with liberal values to say the word liberal i just think that like what we've associated with that it has become uh, an issue and I feel like that's like that's like because we haven't done anything good with it right well I guess what I'm where I'm coming from is that there's also like these terms like neoliberalism right which is the opposite of how I feel and so I kind of distance myself from anything that has this liberal connotation because liberal to me means like quite frankly like you're rich and you're white and you're Living. Yeah, but I, I feel as if, like, the core of our, like, podcast is all about, like, taking back terms in some ways. Like, the idea of, like, taking back capitalism from the neo-capitalist with Henry yeah. George. And, you know, so, like, I don't think we should give in to that desire to to replace these terms that, that have that have power within society. And maybe we should make liberalism a good thing again, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I'm not saying it's not, absolutely. But I think that for me, like, progressive, like, a progressive... That's just like, bam, you know? Yeah. Fucking bam. And yeah. I would I feel, actually call Bernie Sanders, like, I think the independent term was a pretty solid one. But, like, independent, but he's a progressive independent. And the whole thing about that is, is like, I think the way that he was described was he's someone and he always fights for those that don't have a voice, basically, you know? And he has, and he, the whole re- article that I read was so great, it was like, he knows a start, like, his whole power is derived from the fact that, like, the people of Vermont support him, right? Yeah. It's a small state, but it's a very, very, like, active state. Yeah. And they're, like, he knows personally a shocking, or the constituency knows a shocking amount of, like, personally know him, right? A shocking amount yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And, like, that's his whole MO. Like, he knows everybody. He's a man of the people both personality wise but also um he's actually from brooklyn originally he's like Bernie sanders he's like this income inequality is a fucking farce well the what's really nice i'm taking over i love my I, sorry i love to do a, I love to do a you know impression he's my favorite impression yeah, no keep going keep going i'm sorry i didn't mean no, that's all right that's all right i'm done i said he's yeah he's brutally honest about the things that he has to say and he can speak uh to the people in a way that a lot of people can understand but he found he found finds a way of explaining complex economic situations to people in a way that like krugman or somebody can't really dissect his terms enough to well krugman does a pretty good job but you know know who reads the editorial of the times that's what's hard yeah. demographics you know it's like yeah. preaching the choir bro yeah exactly 
Um, and I feel and and I think Bernie Sanders is gonna make a great candidate, but I just don't think he's like he can actually win the ticket. Like it's of course it's gonna be awesome for him to be out there, but the, he ha- he has no chance. It's 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 so great. He's not gonna win, but I hope I wish him the best. I'm gonna donate to his campaign. I'm telling you right now on air, like I'm just because unless Elizabeth Warren runs, which she's not gonna run. Backer. It's fine. She's not gonna run. Bernie Sanders is like OG. Elizabeth Warren. So is the hope now it's like uh, for all true liberal Democrats, which I would c- consider myself like a true liberal. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a Democrat, but I would say like my my or true progressives, whatever we want to call ourselves, is the hope that that Bernie Sanders will turn uh, Hillary Clinton into a viable candidate that we can actually get behind, like and, and yeah, away from this corporate structure or of a person she's yeah. become. <laughs> He's gonna make her become like like basically face her own demons, you know. But does she have demons to face? Was she ever that candidate to begin with? And that's and that's really what I want to get at is like Hillary can Hillary Clinton become that person? Will this? Yeah, happen? but I think I think that without a challenge she wouldn't. And um, the whole problem with the modern Democratic Party is that they have no industry to like to give them tons of money, except. Wall Street, right? That's the problem. Is that yeah. we haven't been the party of, and we, I, I shouldn't even say that, of oil or any of those things, you know. Um, but Wall Street, we really have been. And, uh, you know, even Trade Barack Obama. organizations, yeah, in general. He's definitely, you know, followed suit in a big way and been in the pocket of uh, Wall Street to a certain extent. Uh, worse than a lot of other presidents. So, what I'm and saying, and that's like is, what what we're getting after him now with this trade agreement and everything. Like, yeah. oh my goodness, exactly. Yeah, same kind of thing, exactly. So, I think people like Elizabeth Warren, um, the fact that she is so popular t- to me is surprising and amazing because that's like all I've ever wanted, you know. And um, it's pushing the conversation towards that, and it's making and the fact that she has like like celebrity endorsements and like you know she's universally loved on the left right she is basically a celebrity and uh bernie sanders is like a lesser known celebrity i think too like among those in the know i think i maybe i'm tooting my own horn here but like he's the shit man i love fucking bernie sanders he's the best well i feel like he's like um what um no i'm blanking on his name now so i'm gonna have to cut to when i remember his name Mm -hmm. All right, I gotta go, dude. We gotta cut the short. All right. All right. Well, well, what? Just real quick, what was that dude who listed the like forty-five reasons to indict Bush in Congress? Congressman. Oh, the guy from Florida. Um. Yeah, he's back in. He's back. He he got kicked out, and he's back. Um. Fuck, I feel like an idiot. And he was always like a defender of the people. We'll get back on this. But that he was guy, great. Yeah, he was I awesome. feel like Bernie Sanders is our new version of that guy. For the record, the person we're talking about is Dennis Kucinich. <laughs> well, no, but he's for the Wall old Street. version of that guy. Well, yeah, except that he wasn't in, in politics before. That's all I mean. All right. All right. Peace all right. out. Later, buddy. Henry and Hobbs. 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 It's not safe, dog. Okay. Hey, watch the wolf suit.